In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Hi, it is Tony Grebmeyer. Welcome to this week's episode of the Be Fulfilled Show, the real stories behind success. Now, if we took money and completely removed it from the equation, what would that look like? We're going to go on a journey today with Amy Stefanik. Is that right? Stefanik. Stefanik. See, I already messed it up three times and I've asked her 10 times, but we're going to be talking to her today. And it's really, really important because mistakes happen in business and life. And what we're going to do today is go on this journey. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about Amy. She's a wife, a mother, a writer, an author, along with her husband, Matt, been riding that entrepreneurial roller coaster since 2002. And Amy is the creator of The Entrepreneur's Wife, whose aim is to help strengthen and encourage the entrepreneurial family. Through the entrepreneur's wife, Amy coaches a concept of one shared vision in regards to the entrepreneur journey. Amy is the author of the book, The Untold Story of the Entrepreneur's Wife, co-founder of Gym Rated, an e-commerce fitness apparel and accessory brand, and also the co-founder of Vita Essentials, an innovative supplement company, but she's so much more, and we are going to deep dive in today. And one of the things that I ask guests as we prepare to come on to this journey If you could pick a theme or a movie that kind of best represents your journey as an entrepreneur, and she picked Gladiator. So first and foremost, welcome to the show. Today's Gladiator in the arena of Be Fulfilled, Amy. (laughs) Hey, thank you for having me. I am certainly excited. Our paths have crossed. Various people have tried to introduce us throughout the years. We know a lot of the same people. We get a chance. Fast forward for a few days, we're going to meet up at an event for TNC. So after this episode airs, we've already have got a chance to meet face to face. Hopefully this interview goes well and you still want to show up uh, at a dinner I'm hosting. But welcome. I'm excited. But I'm going to ask that question right off the bat. What is your definition of success? You know, I think Success changes for me sometimes daily because I try not to get caught up in like the end of a race type of success where it's like if I do all of these things down the road, I'm going to be successful. So I try to take a different like perspective when it comes to success and I try to own success daily. And so what success looks like for me is what I've put in front of me for today, because then if I get those done, then I'm successful today. Because I hate the thought of I'm not successful until. And so I try to kind of just get rid of that concept in my life and just say, what have I done today to move my projects forward? And if I've done those things, then today is a success. I love that. It's very simple too, right? Because you take mm-hmm. a lot of the pressure right off of you and you then say, hey, what can I do today to, to accomplish what I set out to do once you got out of bed, made the bed, hopefully, and then you set out <laughs> on your path and your journey. Now, let's talk a little bit about you kind of, as we get ready to go up Success Mountain, the idea is I'm your Sherpa up to the top. You're going to then guide us all the way down with kind of life lessons that you've learned along the way that have really made an impact into who you are as a mother as a wife and just all the kind of life lessons that you've learned and how you're helping people. But I want to get to know you and peek into your childhood a little bit, because I think it paints a big picture for us as entrepreneurs. What was your upbringing like? 
You know, my upbringing was very conventional. My dad worked. My mom stayed home. I have six brothers and sisters. So we have a large family. I was the baby. And so most of my brothers and sisters are actually old enough to be my parents. And I grew up with their kids. And so I didn't really even know what entrepreneurship was. I didn't have a concept. All I knew is that you go to work, you collect a paycheck and you pay your bills. I mean, that's kind of how I grew up. And so when I got old enough to kind of look at my future, it was, you know, you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you raise your family. So that's kind of how I grew up. It was really a conventional type of upbringing. How was school for you? You're a good student, bad student, average student? I think I was in between a good and average student. I had moments of rebellious behavior where I didn't want to play by the rules all the time. I was an average student when it came to grades. I loved more of the social aspect of school than I did actually like sitting down and learning. I think I had a hard time being like sat down and made to do like these X, Y, and Z. You know, I wanted to kind of makes me anxious. Even today, if I have to go somewhere where I have to sit and be in like one space for a long period of time, I'm like, I'm going to freak out. So it was just, that's kind of how, you know, my school was. It was, you know, good. I loved, you know, I loved the social aspect of it, but the whole like schooling, I think is where I struggled as far as like, you know. Were you an being, athlete growing up at all? No, I was not an athlete. You know, that is something that is so funny. There's people in my life that love me that call me Grace because I am not graceful at all. So I, I would love to be an athlete. I say all the time, we just did a ski trip with the family and I was like, this might be my sport. Like, I think this is my thing. And of course, as I'm like on my back in the snow, <laughs> I'm like, maybe this isn't my thing, but I always wanted to be an athlete. I always wanted to like be out there and be really good at a sport. Cause I'm really competitive with everything. I mean, Matt and I both are entrepreneurs. And so even though you're not supposed to be, I'm always like, well, I did it first or, you know, I'm super competitive, but I just never could get it. I just couldn't get my my mind wanted to, but my body wouldn't cooperate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting when you look back, you were saying you're the youngest, you know, six brothers and sisters and their kids are basically, you know, your brothers and sisters kind of like growing up. So you had this kind of, I'm the young one on the block. I totally get the student part of it. I was an average student. I think being an entrepreneur, you get certain things right off the bat. And one of them is I didn't like to be told what to do. Yeah. I never wanted somebody to kind of fill in the blank. Tony's going to be blank when he grows up. And, mm. and what was something that you had aspired early on growing up that you could see for yourself that you wanted to do kind of when you got older, when you had that chance to kind of be your own, if it was a boss or go get a job, what was it that you kind of envisioned for yourself? You know, it's funny to me. I don't, I've actually been asked this a couple times in different ways. And growing up, I never really saw myself being anything. I know that sounds weird. Like I never saw my, I know like people are like, oh, I always saw myself being this or like a successful business person or a mom or whatever. And I really, I always knew I had a purpose in life. Like that feeling, like I always knew I grew up in a town where everybody knew each other. And I knew that I wasn't going to be there. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I got to get out of here. I'm not, this is not my future. And I always knew I was meant for something. And I never knew what that was, which always left me kind of feeling like I was chasing something, if that makes sense. And it, you know, I envied people that just knew what they wanted to be, that had a path kind of like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, I want to be this person. Even if it was just like, I'm going to be a firefighter, you know, when you're a kid, I envied that because I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I know it's going to, I know I'm going to do something awesome. I feel that that seed was planted, 
but I ne- if I, to be like really raw, honest, I never really knew what that was. And honestly, I didn't even know what it was until like in the past decade. Like I was constantly trying to figure that out, like fill this little bit of emptiness that was inside of me that I couldn't really figure out like what that was that was going to fill it. And I think that lines up with your nickname of Grace, right? I think, (laughs) well, because I think so many times, if we go back to the statement I made earlier about so many people want to fill in the blank for us, Mm. I think sometimes we take time to process what we truly want to be. And I think you have to kind of go through some life's challenges to truly figure out what you were created to do. I know I'm a believer and I, I know God created me to do some amazing stuff, but also to leave a legacy for my kids is one of them. But along the journey, I lost my purpose and I lost my meaning. And it took almost a, a big boom or an explosion or some big event for me to wake up and to discover that. Was there something that really helped you? You said, you know, in the last decade, or so really coming into your purpose. What was that event? Was there something specific? Two things, really. I think that kind of giving a little bit of backstory to the first like big boom, when Matt and I got together, I told you that I didn't really understand entrepreneurship and he has always had that entrepreneur like spark and thing. Like he sold candy from his locker, like the typical entrepreneur like thing, like he outsourced his lawn service and stuff like that. And so when I met him, I was like, wait, what you're going to do? And so because my mind hadn't expanded yet, it was very intriguing to me. But at the same time, I was like, really? Like, I like, how are you going to do that? Like, how is that going to work? But over like being with him over the years and seeing it, my mind started expanding and expanding and believing. And so I put like this really naive, really, because it's new and it's fresh. You don't have anything to kind of taint your like vision. Like I was just like, wow, this is working. Because once we started really giving it, giving it our all and, and investing and doing the thing and starting to see a return, I'm like, this is really working. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like he's at, we're actually doing it. And so I really started believing and seeing the big picture. Well, then we were in the real estate market. We were buying and flipping houses and stuff. And when the market crashed, we lost everything. And so it was like, kind of like a slap in the face from the universe. It was just like, how dare you believe this much? That's what I felt like. I felt like I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I should have never put everything into this because then I wouldn't be hurting so bad. Because if I was just jaded enough to not belief wholeheartedly, then I wouldn't be on my knees right now. And so that was like the first thing that kind of knocked me down a little bit. And there's a lot to that, like whole process of losing everything and feeling like broken and your, you know, egos hurt and you're raising kids. Our kids were really little. And Matt tells a story about how he, we sold before we moved to North Carolina, he had to sell our baby's crib. And that was like the last, that was like a big thing, like a hurtful thing. That was like, we went from being so like high on the mountain and, you know, six figures and just like really like really doing it to having to sell off everything we had to be able to move. And so that was like the first moment in my life where I was just that kind of took me in a different direction. And the direction that it took me was not good. And so over the next years, I went to work for corporate America. I kind of went complete opposite. You know, I went from like being like, yes, the entrepreneur spirit, like this is to be in like, I need a safety net. I need it to be really thick. And I needed to catch me every single time I fall. So I went to work for corporate America. I climbed the corporate ladder. I became a director. I was just like a corporate girl, like through and through working 60, 70 hours a week, traveling the East coast. And I became the security for our family. 
And Matt continued to like, he went a different direction with his entrepreneurship. And as I worked and gave our family security, he slowly started building back our empire. But because of that, because of that pain and because of the unspoken angst that happens when you fall really hard on this journey, we kind of started growing apart. And so he saw me as a non-believer and I saw him as, you know, that he just didn't get me. And so we just started really like growing apart and we actually separated for three months. We had a really rough year and we were like, like, you know what, maybe this isn't working. And I say that so casually, but it wasn't that casual. And so we separated for three months and that was the last big bang for me because when we got back together, it was like, all of that. And it sounds super cliche, but it's just so very true. It's like everything that happened from losing everything in the real estate market to building everything back to, you know, almost losing my marriage. All of these things were meant to happen because that's when that seed that was planted started blooming. Because when I first, when we first got into the real estate market, I started my own business back then and I became very successful in it. And when we lost everything, I had to give that up. And so I swore that I would never, never do that to myself again. I would never allow myself to believe that much again. And so when we got back together, it was like something, it was like that pilot light lit again. And I was like, I know what I'm meant to do because I believe that we went through all of that. And I went through that crazy time, you know, I, that horrible time in my life, because then other people can relate to me. Like I could talk to people and understand like marriage isn't perfect. Life isn't perfect. Like entrepreneurship is crazy. And no one's talking about the family side of entrepreneurship. And you see entrepreneurs and they're like, gosh, you know, they have the supportive wife and they have all the money and they have the cars and they're traveling. And I was looking at them like, I'm not that supportive. Like sometimes I'm screaming, get a freaking job, you know? Like I remember those times and I'm like, I'm not that person. And so that was really when things changed for me because I decided to pull back the curtains on entrepreneurship and decided to be really real and vulnerable with my story and share the ugly part, the dusty corners. And so those two times in my life kind of catapulted me in a direction to get me to where I am right now. Well, I just want to say thank you for sharing. I mean, I know the audience, the one thing that I love is when people get away from surface and they get to, you know, the deep acidity, the stuff that's tough, but the stuff that is actually going to help to change people's lives, the stuff that's going to make a difference. Someone's listening today going, that's my story. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here today to tell you, like, I'm so thankful that Amy went and told her story because that's my story and I don't have enough courage to share, but maybe today I'll have enough courage to reach out to share it with somebody because, you know, my wife and I were separated for three years and we got Mm. back together. Like I had filed, I did everything. I put Mm -hmm. all the paper across the other side and said, Hey, I'm done. And now we're coming up on celebrating 20 years of marriage. So, so I get your story Mm is very relatable. I don't know all of the stuff that happened, but the most important things are that you found meaning again. For yourself. Mm. I think that's like you woke up and you're like, today, like I'm going to shine bright for myself. And I think you, it kind of sounds like you truly started living for you. Mm. I yeah. think I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I really kind of hear where you said, okay, cool, draw the line in the sand. I had to go get a job. I'm going to provide. I'm going to do what I need to. But you started living for you. And that's something that I wasn't doing in my marriage. I was living so much for my partner that I kind of almost didn't have a life. And mm-hmm. I felt so disconnected. And now today, my wife and I, our connection is impeccable. It's like, it's something I would never have imagined that was possible. And it sounds like you and Matt kind of got to go on that journey together. And now the bond is strong. And, you know, as you're climbing six, 
success mountain. Now that you don't have to sell a crib to put food on the table or move, now that you've got successful businesses, somewhere along this journey, something clicked again for you. You know, you talked about your two kind of moments. Your third moment is how did you become an author for me? I mean, that's not something like everybody just wakes up. I'm going to go write a book today and the world's going to just love it. Like how did that happen? (laughs) Well, you know, when I first started going to events with Matt, because he traveled a lot, he was speaking all over the world and he was going to events. Like that was a huge part of his life that I wasn't a part of. And you know, it's funny because I joke about it, but it's so relatable. And I know that you'll get it. Like he would say, I'm just, I'm networking. I have to get out here and meet people. And I'm like, dude, all I see on Facebook is that you're partying. You know what I mean? Like I don't see networking. I see like going out. And so it wasn't until I started going to events, I really started meeting other entrepreneurs and their spouses and then saying, oh my gosh, you know, people would say, you need to talk to my wife. Like, can you go talk to my wife or can I give you my wife's information? I'm like, well, that's weird, but okay. And I would, and I was like, you know, I really want to tell my story. And I never wrote before until this time. Like I never wrote, I didn't, it wasn't part, but when I started There was so much inside of me, Tony, that I was just like, I got to get this out of me. And so when I started writing, I found that it was very cathartic. Like it was a part of just kind of moving on, like a cleansing of my soul. And so I decided to, I was at a Sean Stevenson event and that's, you know, talking to people about the Entrepreneur's Wife Project as a whole. And I really started to like envision a book. And so I just started writing. I started, I was, you know, I had my blog and so I was making blog posts. And so I started compiling all of my blog posts and really it was just telling a story. And so it's crazy because every time, and this sounds, I don't know, people might be like, yeah, whatever. But every time I would take or I'd raise my hand in this project. Like I'd be like, I want to do this. Something would happen to shove me forward. And and Matt jokes all the time. He was like, you know, I had to like blood, sweat and tears to get to where I'm at. And you're just like, Hey, I want to do this. And everybody's like, Oh, let me help you. And they just like take you along. And so I believe that the book was part of this journey for me. It's something that's super raw. It's my life. It's my part of everything that I've gone through. I don't talk about Matt's journey in it whatsoever. I talk about the things that I've done wrong, the things that I did right, the tools that I've accumulated. And so I really just tried to be really real. And so I found that, you know, when I'm not being authentic, when I'm not like telling my rawness, then it just sounds too machismo. It sounds like I'm just trying to be the self-help person. And that's not what I want to be because I don't view myself as that. And so writing the book was just kind of the next step in that process. It was, you know, I wrote the book. I, and it just so happened that I had people in my life, the right connections that put me in contact with this person and this person. And then, you know, we self-published and now I have a book. My office is full of them. (laughs) I think that is just part of the, the interesting dynamics of your story. So I'm going to take you back just a couple of minutes, Matt, like, why are you going to all these events? All you ever do is like, it looks like you're just partying. He's like, no, but I'm networking. Yeah. Oh, wait, now I'm writing a book. It's so interesting how people in my network are willing to help yeah. me. Isn't that funny? Like when <laughs> you is. really look at it. We talk about it all the time. I tell him, I'm like, babe, you laid the groundwork for me to be where I'm at today. Truly. I mean, I have my own contacts, of course, and, and you have to do your own networking. And I don't want to take away from that. But I am the entrepreneur's wife because of the entrepreneur. Like we did this journey together. And I also don't want to kind of push us into a unit because I was just listening to something from Will Smith and Matt and I have said this for a very long time, but hearing him kind of articulate it was just so great. He said, the mistake that people make when they come into a relationship is they believe that they are one now. 
you know, you've heard that like my whole life. I heard when you get married, you're one, you're a one unit. And really you're just two separate people on your own journeys, sharing those journeys together. And so the problem is when you try to like push those two things in together, right. And say, this is our journey. And so even though we climbed the same mountain together, we were on our own journey up that mountain. And so even though he was connecting and networking and stuff like that and laying the groundwork and kind of smoothing the road and getting the rocks out of the way and stuff like that, it was still my responsibility to get up and walk that road. And so it's just a beautiful, like, you know, it's just a beautiful symphony. It just happens to, and I always try to give him credit because he did, he did clear the road for me. And and because of what he did, I was able to reach out to the people that I've reached out to. I like that. All right. So what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break on the Be Fulfilled show and we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about being on the top of your game and kind of feeling what some of the things that Amy learned to kind of rebuild herself And then we're going to come down the mountain. We'll play the fulfillment round. We're going to ask Amy a bunch of questions. They have no right or wrong answers. There's no phone a friend. There's no reach out and tell somebody, do you know the answer? It's really more about us getting to know Amy a little bit better. And then we'll end the show and we'll figure out how you guys can get connected. So hang tight. We'll be right back with Amy on the Be Fulfilled Show. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Beef of Field Show. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and today's guest is the youngest of six brothers and sisters, somebody who you know was your average student in high school, didn't really like to be labeled as an athlete, was more of one of those types of people who just like to have fun, showed up, and tried to figure out their journey kind of after a while. Didn't know as a young child exactly what she wanted to be, but the one thing that I've been able to figure out today in our short period of time over a conversation is somebody who's passionate, who's willing to admit like, hey, I made some mistakes along the way. Be willing to clean up the mess, willing to know that life isn't perfect, but what you do about kind of your situation or your circumstances, like you are in charge. You have the chance to pivot and adjust and to clean up your mess and to do as much as you possibly can for your partner, but ultimately doing it for yourself. They had their kind of ups and downs in the real estate game, her and her husband. We talked a little bit about Matt, but I'm really here today to talk to Amy and really to kind of peel away some of the layers. Now she's an author. She's got an incredible book, The Entrepreneur's Wife, tons of branding, and she's got a huge network of influence. And she's just somebody who is taking a stand and helping women and men today to see themselves, I think, better than they see themselves currently from a coach. Just so awesome to have you on the show. And as you know, you stand on the top of the ledge of life. So many things from what people say on the internet to friends and people in the chit chat. Look at that couple. They are, you know, they got separated and all the little noise and the chaos and all the stuff that I think people throw our way when our chips are down. What was like kind of the thing that helped you to stay strong, confident in yourself, and then ultimately helped you to come back into your relationship? And really now it sounds like been able to rebuild the dynamics of a powerful marriage. You know, I really had to dissect myself for so long in my life. I always looked outward to find security, to find happiness, to find what I needed to fulfill me. And I really, over the past probably three or four years, I really started to pull out my own skeletons, really look at the mirror and say, what is going to make you happy? What is going to make you feel secure? Like you need to find this within yourself. And so 
I really started to look at myself, like really look at the ugly, the great, you know, the amazing, everything that was about Amy and the things that weren't so awesome. I went to work on making them great to making them better and getting rid of the things that didn't serve me. And what happened at the end of that was that I stood up and I was secure within myself. I felt like I didn't need anything to make me feel a certain way because all of that came from within myself. And so no matter what anybody said, I was unshakable. And that's kind of like my mantra every day is be unshakable. Like no matter what anybody does, no matter what, you know, I have a book that's out, you know, people can come out and say things about you, about that you were, you know, separated and, you know, all of these things, these, these ugly things can come out about you. But the key is, you know who you are. You've done the work. You've put yourself in a higher state of consciousness. Be unshakable. And so on top of all of this that we've gone through, I'm kind of standing there power posing. Like if I visualize myself power posing with a shirt that says be unshakable. I mean, that's where I'm at right now. No, I love it. And I want you to see, we share some of the same kind of people in our network. Uh, Sean Stevenson, one of my coaches, somebody who showed me early on, even a tall guy like myself at almost six, six from learning from the three foot giant you know, how to be unshakable. I love mm-hmm. that. I think that's mm-hmm. such a powerful thing because, you know, we're all on our own path and we've so fortunately been able to connect. Like, right, we've never met personally, but we feel like there's a connection, right? And then mm-hmm. the chance to be able to meet people on your journey. And I love the fact that not only have you been able to wake up in the morning and say, okay, I need to be unshakable today. I need to go out and I need to do it. I need to do it in such a commendable way that's honorable. And I also, you know, my past is my past. Like my past is ugly. Like it Mm. looks like it's like Swiss cheese, kind of like my bank account (laughs) when I was going through the journey. Uh, It had a whole bunch of holes in it. But today I'm true to my word. And that's what I love just about your energy. I love about your personality. I love the fact that you own what happened. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to name it and claim it, but the understanding is the thing. It's the secret ingredient today to a good life. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about your kids because okay. I think kids in our lives, I got out of bed. I mean, biggest part of my why is, you know, with my wife and my kids, but to find kind of who I was along the journey. Tell me a little bit about your kids and, and what's it like being a mom, raising kids and that kind of stuff. You know, it's one of the most exciting and eventful things in my life. It's in the most heartbreaking and frustrating thing all at the same time. It's like, how can I love you so much and want to like slam a door in your face at the same time? It's unreal. (laughs) And so, you know, we have a 17 year old daughter who is amazing. I mean, people always say, oh my gosh, you have a teenage daughter. Like how hard is that? You know, they're waiting for me. She's never given us any problems. She's been here the entire journey with us. You know, these 16 years, she might not remember like every detail to everything, but she talks about it. Like she, she knows the loss and she knows the wins and she knows what we've had to do to get here. And I hope that she has kept some of that inside of her when she goes out, you know, and leaves the house in six months. And so she, you know, the girl has never even rolled her eyes at me. She's never yelled at me. She's never slammed the door. And I asked her one time, I said, you know, why, why have you never done that? And true Julia form, she said, mom, I'm scared of you. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, Okay, good. So she's just wonderful. And then we have a 12-year-old son who is 
a little boy genius. I mean, when he was in kindergarten, he had memorized all 32 of his classmates' lunch number. He's just really, really smart. I mean, he's one of those kind of kids that is just, you can see his brain working through his eyes. Like he's a numbers guy. He's, you know, into coding and he works a little bit for Matt on some of the stuff. He's just amazing. He's, I can't, there's no other words to describe him. It's just amazing. And then we have our nine-year-old son, Kenny, who is definitely 100% an entrepreneur. He hates school. He doesn't want anybody to tell him what to do. He's a complete rebel. I have to trick him into doing anything that I want him to do for me, because if I tell him he has to do something, he'll be like, Hmm. do I? And so it's, it's just seeing the different personalities in all three of them, yet they have this like string of similarity at the same time. They're just wonderful little human beings. And I hope that, you know, we have instilled in them some of the fight and the fire that Matt and I have had our entire marriage. I love that. If Matt was sitting beside you right now and he was to grab your hand, what do you think the words that would come out of his mouth to describe who you are and how strong you are as a woman? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. I think that because Matt has seen me and the growth that I've made, I think that the words that would come out of his mouth would be strength, perseverance, and spunk. I'm very spunky, fiery in a sense, I guess. I have a, one of my biggest things that I have to work on is my mouth. And my mouth gets me in trouble. I speak sometimes before I should. And so I think strength, Strength and perseverance is how he would maybe describe me, hopefully. All right. Now you got to describe Matt. You got to squeeze his hand back and now you got to oh, describe gosh. Matt. So how would you describe him? Matt is, he is a loyal to a fault friend. He is a family guy first, always. That's something that I've always respected about Matt is that even though, you know, it's so admirable these days to wear the badge of honor, like of hustle, right? I hustle, I grind things out. I'm up to four o'clock in the morning. Like all these things that you hear, Matt goes the complete opposite. He's like, if it takes me longer to get to where I want to go because I'm raising my family, then that is success. And so I just respect him for that. He's always puts his kids and his family first. He definitely is a hard worker. And if he doesn't know how to do it, then he figures it out. Um, He's the kind of person that's like, you know what? Forget it. I'll do it myself. And he just does. He just makes things happen. I love that. And the reason I asked you those questions kind of in that order is because you wrote a book. You said a little bit about being an entrepreneur's wife. You go on this journey. You found a, a partner, somebody that you're helping to be strong and better and, you know, supportive. Why you're also listening to the advice from Will Smith and you can really relate to this oneness, but also to you guys are both on a journey and I love it. I'm excited about the fact that we get to meet up together in a couple of weeks, but also I want to take you through some questions now in the fulfillment round that'll help us to get to know you a little bit better. But before I do that, I want to ask you a couple of your favorite reads that helped you kind of through the last several years of your life that you'd be willing to share today? Absolutely. I listened to Audible and I I think last year I went through like 60 something books. The five second rule was huge. Let's see. What was another one that kind of changed my life? Let's see. I can't think there's been so many. The Entrepreneur's Wife. It's a the really Entrepreneur's, good book. it is. It is an amazing book. It's definitely changed my life for sure. Big Magic was one that 
was a changer. The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, that was huge for me. I think that was one of those books that I could read more than once and, and get something new out of it for sure. So those three books on top of The Entrepreneur's Wife is the books that, I, that changed me. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to roll into the fulfillment round. No right or wrong, no phone a friend. If you don't know, don't pass, guess, make up something. Like completely okay. just use your mouth, the one that sometimes gets you in trouble to answer the question. <laughs> I am okay. totally 100% for ad-libbing or fibbing a little bit in this. Like I said, these okay. are just for us to get to know you, they're nothing crazy. So don't feel bad. So the fulfillment round is really, really simple. I'm going to rapid fire some questions. Depending on how you answer, I may interject and ask you some more or I may just completely change and pivot and go somewhere else. Okay. Uh, first car you ever drove? Uh, Ford Mustang. What year? 1989. Red, black, or blue? Red. All right. If you had to take that car back today, would you? And would you uh, spruce it up and redesign it or would you just like give it to your, your daughter who's 17 and going off to college? I would not take it back because, you know, I bought it with my own money. It was $1,900. I saved up for it and it was a complete junker. It was horrible. I didn't listen to any advice. It was awful. It had the button underneath the steering wheel that you push to get the keys out. It was constantly getting stuck. So it would run hot. It was like one of those cars that you never knew it was going to happen when you got in it and you were constantly in a state of sweating. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think it's so fascinating too, because I had a 1978 Volkswagen Scirocco and it's one of those things where I'll still look on like eBay motors and I still look, do they even make this car? Like, could I find my old car? And it was such a piece of junk. Like they don't make even parts for it anymore. It's like one of those things they just let go. All right. Favorite vacation spot. Favorite vacation spot by far up to this point in my life has been Vermont. Really? Yes. And we travel all over the world. I love Vermont. What is one thing that you actually just love doing when you're there? We, well, we went skiing and that was the first time that we actually skied. And so, and it, everybody in the family fell in love with it. And so I think for me, seeing everybody enjoying it so much Really, I mean, I, I want to do it every year. I want to do Are, it as much as possible. Do you water ski at all? Have you ever water skied? I grew up in Lakeland, Florida. And so I grew up on lakes and I can kneeboard. I cannot ski. Remember the grace thing. I can't. I'm not really good at it. I've been to uh, Lake Norman. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been there in North Carolina. So yeah. I love it. All right. If you had to retire on five foods for the rest of your life, you could only choose five foods. Okay. And you could scramble them if you wanted to, but five okay. foods, what would you choose? I would choose chicken nuggets, sushi, um, let's see, cereal, um, popcorn, and what's the last thing? Crackers. I'm a carbs girl. I can't. Oh my gosh. I, I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, I got nuggets, rice. And yeah. The, and the, I got cereal, popcorn, and crackers. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Favorite cracker. <laughs> you like Ritz crackers, saltines? What do you like? You know, I'm gluten-free, Tony. And so I love, I can't think of the name of them. I can picture the box, but there's this one cracker that I eat that um, doesn't have like a ton of stuff in it that I probably like it because I don't remember what real crackers taste like anymore. But I try, I think that's why I like carbs so much is because I don't ever eat them. Maybe my body is telling me that I need to eat some more carbs. <laughs> How long have you been gluten-free? Uh, three years. Has it been good? Life-changing? It's been life-changing. It was necessary for health reasons. You know, I just couldn't tolerate gluten and didn't know why I was having these health problems until I went off of it. And, and so it's just been, it's been a life change for sure. It's difficult, but it's so worth it just because I'm not in like, pain anymore. So 
I love that. If you had to pick up a foreign language, Spanish wasn't an option, what would you choose and why? I would choose like Korean or I don't know, like I'm not sure because it's different and different nail salons, but I want to know what they're saying about me (laughs) when they're doing my nails. I want to, and then I want to, I want to respond to them while they're saying it and surprise them. I want to see the look on their face when I respond in their native tongue. I, I'm just sitting here. My wife and I talk about it all the time. Like, do you know what they're really saying? Because I like, I'll go in and get it like a, a mani pedi, and I'm just yeah. like, they're they're sitting there the whole time just talking, and you're like, you're making fun of my toes, maybe because like yeah, I didn't I, trim them properly or what. But like, that's it. I like that response. I think that do. would be amazing if you could just oh. flip out and just start like, like so great. I love. That. I would love it. <laughs> Favorite brother and sister. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I, won't, I, won't, I, won't put you, I won't put you on that one. Um, but I will ask you one question that has surprised you of each of your three kids. One thing that's kind of surprised you. Now, you know your youngest is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know that you're oldest and then you got your middle one. But like some things that have surprised you as being a mom about your kids mm-hmm. that you didn't expect. For my daughter, that she is to a fault, a rule follower is very surprising to me because it's just to a fault. It's like, it's so maddening. It's like, I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit of a rule follower, but not to that extent. So that's very surprising to me that she's such a rule follower and so conventional in the way that she is living her life. For my son, my middle son, Ben, who's 12, what's super surprising to me is that he is introverted, but it's almost like It's almost in a way, it reminds me, like if you just met him, you would think, oh, he's outgoing. But what's surprising is that he's really not. He's super, he likes to be on his own. He likes to be like without anybody around. He just wants to do his thing and just be quiet in like a room somewhere. And so that's, as he's getting older, I'm really starting to notice that. And what's surprising about my youngest is that he is so much like his dad that every day I'm shocked at the things that he does because I'm like, he, when someone says, oh, he's a mini me to look at them. Yeah. You can tell their father and son and stuff, but the things like his rebellious nature, the way that he is, the way that he reacts to situations is so much like his dad. It is, it's disturbing sometimes. (laughs) And so it's very, it's very surprising. All right. I'm, I'm going to help you out really quick. I'm going to ask you just one last question. It's totally off the cusp, but I bet you, if you really pause for a moment, you could get the answer because we've already talked about this place somewhere in our interview today. Okay. All right. Which is the only U.S. state capital city with not a single McDonald's fast food joint? Is it Vermont? Hey, good job. Congratulations. <laughs> Amy made it through the fulfillment round, some spontaneous <laughs> questions. Thank you so much for being a guest today. And what I want to do you. is get the audience connected, want them to learn more about you. We'll make sure there's a link so that you can go purchase Amy's book. You can get to learn more about kind of who she is, what she's up to, and how maybe you guys can do something together because that's what I love about what I'm doing is really networking and vetting and bringing great people together and allowing the 7.2 billion people on planet earth to get to know each other a little bit better. So that's one thing that I wanted to do is say, thank you for being an amazing guest. Hopefully you learned something, but before I jump into how we close, I'm going to ask the same question I asked in the beginning. What is your definition of success? Has it changed or is it the same? It's absolutely the same. It's the same. Every day is a success. If you make it through, you do a little bit more than you did the day before. You put a little bit more effort into your craft and that day is a success. 
All right. Well, thank you. All right. How does the audience get in touch with you? The audience can get in touch with me through my website, theentrepreneurswife.com. Through that website, you can go further into like my forum, my membership area. You can see where my book is. So you can get closer to me through those, through theentrepreneurswife.com. And you're going to learn a lot when you go there. She loves to travel. She mentioned that. She's been all over and has fun. Uh, you're going to learn about that. You're going to be able to uh, see her interviews. You can hear about her mission. And I just want to say thank you, Amy. It's been just an absolute honor and a privilege to have you as a guest today on thank the Be Fulfilled you. Show. And ladies and gentlemen, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, remember one thing, no matter what, make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at drainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever. Forever.